Hi, this is the Audio Mommy Podcast. My name is Laura Marshall, and this is the podcast where I'll be reading children's stories to you. Season 4, Episode 7. Hi, everyone. As always, welcome. Thank you for being here and listening to me read. Today, I'm starting something new. This starts the beginning of a new series geared towards older children. So if you have older kids that are not loving all the little books that I do, maybe this will be something that they enjoy. The series we're beginning today will last for quite a few weeks because it's a it's a big book. Um, so just stick around to hear each week what happens. And it's going to be great. At least I hope so. I want to hear from you guys if you like this or not. And then we'll know if we'll continue after this book. So here we go. Let's just jump into this episode. Today's story is Little Pilgrim's Big Journey. This is John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, but for kids. We're going to open today with Hebrews 11, verses 13 through 16. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now... They desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has promised a city for them. Chapter 1 As I walked through the wilderness of this world, I found a quiet place to sleep. As I slept, I dreamed a dream. In my dream, I saw a boy named Christian, dressed in dirty old clothes. He had a book in his hand, and a great burden on his back. He was crying to himself, Oh, what can I do to be saved? At home, Christian told his family, This burden on my back grows bigger every day, and this book says our city will be destroyed with fire from heaven. If we don't find a way to escape, we'll surely die. But no one believed him. You're sick, they said. You should go straight to bed. But the night was as troublesome to him as the day. Instead of sleeping, Christian lay awake. He cried and sighed about everything he'd read in his book. In the morning, his family woke him and asked, How do you feel? Worse and worse, Christian answered. We live in the city of destruction. We must leave now. Christian read about a celestial city and about a king so kind and full of love that he invited everyone to join him there. The king has invited us all to the celestial city, Christian said. Please come with me. But his family became angry. Stop telling us these fairy tales. 
they tried to change Christian's mind. They mocked him and bullied him and sometimes ignored him completely. But Christian wouldn't stop believing his book. Christian took his book to the field to read alone. He longed to travel to the celestial city. He thought, But what if I get lost on the way? And how will I travel with this burden? Someone called out, What are you worried about? It was a kind old man named Evangelist. Christian looked up. This book says my city will be destroyed with fire. I'm scared. I'm not ready to die. Evangelist pulled a note from his pocket. It was written by the king himself. Christian opened it and read, Flee from the city of destruction. Come find refuge in my city. I'll keep you safe and secure forever. Christian asked Evangelist, Do you think it's true? Will my city be destroyed? Is the celestial city real? Yes, said Evangelist. Every word of it is true. The king wrote it all, and the king never lies. Do you want to find the celestial city? Yes, Christian said, more than anything. Evangelist pointed in the distance. Can you see that light? Follow it until you find the narrow gate. When you get there, good will will tell you what to do. Christian sprinted toward the light in the distance right through the middle of town. People who saw him shouted, Where are you going? Come back, Christian. Don't be a fool. Some laughed at him and called him names, and some were sad to see him leave. Christian didn't even look back. He just kept running and shouting, I want life, true life, eternal life. Two boys from the town named Obstinate and Pliable chased after him. Slow down, they yelled. Wait for us. Obstinate, who was a stubborn and strong boy, caught up with Christian. He grabbed Christian by the arm and said, come back right now. Don't be a fool. I'm not a fool, said Christian, and I can't come back because you live in the city of destruction. But I seek an everlasting city. Please, Come along with me. No way, said Obstinate. I could never leave behind all my friends and all my stuff. Christian answered, The friends and pleasures you speak of can't compare to the joys I seek. I seek a treasure that can never be lost or stolen or broken. Read about it in my book. But Obstinate refused. Hush! I don't care about your book. Let's go home, Pliable. Christian has lost his mind. Don't make fun of him, Pliable told Obstinate. If what he says is true, I'd like to go with him. Obstinate laughed. Then you're just as much of a fool as Christian. Have fun searching for your imaginary city. He turned and went back. That brings us to the end of chapter one. In chapter one, we met Christian, a young boy who's about to leave the city of destruction and embark on his big journey to the celestial city. 
Christian, as his name suggests, represents all Christians who are leaving this world behind in order to seek a heavenly city. The book in Christian's hand represents the Bible, which tells him about the coming destruction. He believes everything in it, and he has faith to leave everything behind to seek a great reward. Salvation begins with understanding and believing God's Word. Romans 4 and 3 and Romans 10, 9-13 tells us about this. The burden on Christian's back is the burden of sin. It represents the guilt and shame we feel when we understand how we've disobeyed God. Christian longs to be freed from this burden, but he needs the evangelist to tell him how this can be done. We read about this in Romans 10, verses 14 through 17. People insult Christian and make fun of him for believing what he reads in his book. Just as many people today reject what believers in Jesus tell them about the good news in the Bible. Matthew 5, 11 through 12 tells us about this. So, what does the burden on Christian's back represent? And how did Christian respond to the truths in his book? I would love for you to go over these questions and write your responses in the comment section, either on Instagram or Facebook. And I would love to hear what you thought of this first chapter of Little Pilgrim's Big Journey. Until next Saturday, bye.